Thank you for watching NTD Business Top Stories tonight. Former crypto billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried is out on bail in the U.S., but he'll have to stay under house arrest. The Senate passes a spending bill to fund the government. Why are some lawmakers concerned? And a powerful winter storm freezing travel for thousands across the United States just as people start leaving for the holidays. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Sam Bankman-Fried is a free man, for now at least. A judge signed off on a bail package agreed to by his lawyers and prosecutors. The FTX trading founder was released on a $250 million bond. Where did he get that money? This is the largest ever pre-trial bond, according to a prosecutor. Bankman-Fried is required to wear an electronic monitoring bracelet and remain under house arrest at his parents' home. They live in Palo Alto, California and are law professors at Stanford University. Bankman-Fried is accused of stealing billions of dollars from his customers at his cryptocurrency trading platform. On Wednesday, he was extradited to the U.S. from his home in the Bahamas and has surrendered his passport. Last night, two of his former associates pled guilty to fraud charges. Here's Damian Williams, U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, announcing the charge. The Southern District of New York has filed charges against Caroline Ellison, the former CEO of Alameda Research, and Gary Wong, a co-founder of FTX, in connection with their roles in the frauds that contributed to FTX's collapse. Ellison served as the CEO of Alameda Research, the crypto trading firm tied to FTX. Gary Wong co-founded FTX with Bankman-Fried. Both pleaded guilty to several counts of charges in deals with the government to get lighter sentences. Williams said they are cooperating with investigators. He also said the investigation is moving fast and these won't be the last charges in the case. And the Senate today passed a $1.7 trillion spending bill. It finances federal agencies through September and provides another large round of aid to Ukraine. Lawmakers are racing to approve the bill to avoid a partial government shutdown Friday night. Both Senate leaders support the bill, but some Republicans have concerns. The bill is over 4,000 pages long. Senator Rand Paul says there hasn't been enough time for anyone to read the entire bill. While it includes money for domestic programs and defense, the bill also includes scores of policy changes unrelated to spending. One is related to federal election law. It aims to prevent future presidents or presidential candidates from trying to overturn an election. The bill now goes to the House for approval, then onto President Biden to sign into law. And a powerful winter storm is disrupting travel for thousands across the United States. It comes at the start of a holiday travel season that could be one of the busiest ever. President Biden today urged people to listen to their local weather warnings. Please take this storm extremely seriously. And I don't know whether your boss will let you, but if you all have travel plans, leave now. Uh, not, Not a joke. The National Weather Service has warnings all the way from Montana to Maine. The FAA says the winter storm is bringing blizzard conditions to the Midwest. Major travel disruptions are expected in Chicago, Detroit, and Minneapolis-St. Paul. Airports in the Northeast and East Coast will probably be affected as well, according to American Airlines. So far today, over 2,000 flights have been canceled in the U.S. alone. Biden said his team is prepared to help communities cope with the storm. 
Meanwhile, heating bills are burning a bigger hole in American wallets. The National Energy Assistance Directors Association says the average cost of keeping a house warm this winter is about $1,200. That's a 17% increase from last year. Analysts say surging prices for natural gas and electricity are the main factors. This comes as a once-in-a-generation winter blast is blanketing much of the country. About one of every six U.S. families are behind on their utility bills. And to get a better picture on the outlook for energy, in particular oil going into next year, I spoke with Tracy Shukart. She's the chief energy and material strategist and CEO at High Tower Resource Advisors. Tracy, great to have you. Now, first thing I, I would like to know is, you know, price oil prices are up today, but they were down a, a couple of days ago. Actually, since since June, it's been an, on a downward trend. What would you attribute that to? Well, uh, we had a lot of things. We had higher gas prices during the summer, and we did see a little bit of a pullback in demand. But also, what we're really experiencing, why we've it's kept declining over these last six months, is we have overwhelming fears of a global recession right now that are really spooking this market, as well as a lot of Russian barrels that were thought to be taken off the market so far has not come to fruition. Um, in addition, we've had China lockdowns, right? And that is China is a major purchaser of oil and oil products. And obviously with the lockdowns, that's taken about 800,000 barrels per day of demand off the market. So um, we have seen prices come, come down quite a bit. So on that point, would you still say you're bullish on oil going to 2023? <laughs> I am bullish long term, absolutely, still going into 2023. First, we'll have to see what these recent price, Russian price caps do. We really won't know that until um, later in Q1 um, and to see if any oil barrels will be taken off the market. Analysts are anticipating about 20 percent of their exports. Um, being taken away. Also, we have China demand coming back, right? We've just had a recent 180. Um, they've opened up. We should see demand increase from China 1 to 1.5 million barrels per day. We'll start seeing that come online in Q2 and um, fully be online by Q3. And I would just like to know, how does uh, the possibility of a possible recession factor into your stance? Well, most people, <laughs> well, this is the thing, you know, when we talk about recessions, many people fear that suddenly demand is going to completely collapse. But if we go back and look at all of the past recessions, obviously we can't count COVID because the entire world shut down. Um, but if we go back to say just the last uh, 2008, the great financial crisis, we did see uh, oil demand pull back, but only about 2%. And that was only for two quarters. By the third quarter, demand had already bounced back up higher than what it was right before the great financial crisis. So what people don't understand is demand is relatively inelastic. I mean, people still need to go to work. Kids still need to get to school. And so the data suggests that we, won't, we really won't see a demand collapse. Mm -hmm. So right now we're at about, uh, for price, uh, around $70. Uh, $70. Where do you see that going in the first quarter of 2023? It's a simple supply and demand problem. We just don't have the supply coming online globally that we need for the pickup in global demand. And this is because we've had 
lack of capex for the last seven years and because of this green transition push is particularly in the west you really don't see oil companies rushing out there to go drill more right now and so we are probably going to see elevated prices higher for longer yeah and i want to ask you about that what about biden's push towards re renewables how does it, how does that play into the picture of oil well, I think, you know, what we have to look at, we have to look at what is happening right now in Europe with their energy crisis, right? Because they started their green energy policy and they thought we can just go green and we can drop oil, but it really doesn't work like that. You have to have, you know, an interim, you just can't shut off um, oil and gas. And now you're seeing the effects of that problem and particularly started a year ago because you can't have uh, renewable energy as your baseload power source because it's intermittent. So, you know, now we're seeing Europe go back to coal even. They're going to have the largest increase in coal usage in 10 years <laughs> this year. And so what I think is, you know, I mean, the United States is headed down that disastrous path unless they take a really good look right now at the problems in Europe, what's caused the problems, and, and seeing what they are doing right now. Yeah, a lot to watch out for in the new year. Tracy Shrewcart, Hightower Resource Advisors, thank you. Thank you. Electric car maker Tesla is offering discounts on some of its key models in the U.S. this month. Yesterday, its website showed that buyers can get a $7,500 reduction on Model 3 and Model Y electric vehicles. It's double the $3,750 credit it has offered on the same cars delivered before the end of the year. The automaker also recently offered free supercharging for 10,000 miles for December vehicles. Just days before the Treasury Department delayed restrictions on EV incentives until March, it means Teslas and other U.S.-made EVs are likely to temporarily qualify for the full $7,500 credits. Customers have canceled their orders and held off their purchases until the new credits take effect in January. And that has weighed on Tesla demand. The discounts are rare and follow a run of price hikes over the past couple of years. The automaker blamed supply chain disruptions and inflation for that. And not just Tesla, the market saw a broad sell-off today. The Dow lost 349 points, or one and one-tenths of a percent. S&P fell 56 points, or one and a half percent. NASDAQ lost 233 points, or two and two-tenths of a percent. Amid this uncertain economic environment, we talked to two Main Street businesses to see how they're doing this holiday shopping season. And today we talked to two businesses. Joining me is Brandon Stevens. He's the president of De the Decor Group and Christmas Decor. And Robbie Schultz, third generation owner of the Bear Creek Smokehouse. Now, Brandon, let me go to you first. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and just in general, how's business this holiday season? Okay. Well, um, our service company, Christmas Decor, we provide professional holiday and event decorating services. Um, we have a pretty big footprint. We're in 49 states in Canada, and we cover 300 markets. And, um, you know, business has been especially good over the last three years. Um, you know, 2020 and 2021 were exceptional. I think we grew close to 70% over that two-year period. Um, and it was our 26th and 27th year of business. And we, we anticipated a little bit of a flattening this year, but we, we had double digit growth again um, in 2022. We're just now finishing up, um, but it's it's definitely not as aggressive. Last year we grew by 46, 47% in that range. I think this year we're gonna come in at 15, 16% growth, uh, but we're really excited about that. And um, people just, uh, they can't live without Christmas. 
Wow, I see. Okay. And Robbie, tell us about Bear Creek Smokehouse. Same question. How's business? Well, business has been brisk, I'll tell you. Uh, the weather's cold outside. People are thinking about Christmas here. And the store has been buzzing all day, um, full of people. We sell holiday hams and turkeys, um, just about everything in the meat line that there is available. And then we also sell uh, home decor. We sell things for babies, children, men, and women. So we just got a variety of merchandise in the store. And it actually has been flying off the shelves. And I wonder, I just have to ask, because in today's uh, inflationary environment, Robbie, have you had to hike prices at your business? Well, we have, yeah. And uh, to be honest with you, you know, smoked turkeys is what my granddad started with 79 years ago. And we used to raise our own right here on the farm. And I guess back in the 70s, uh, we started buying just truckloads of raw turkeys to come in to process for the holidays, you know, for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And um, yes, we had to go way up on prices to answer your question on turkeys for sure. But turkeys cost us about twice as much this year as they did last year. Mm, okay. Now, Brandon, I want to ask you, you said uh, growth has been, has been well this year, but it's a little bit slower, right? You said, but w why do you think that is? Is it because of the idea of a possible recession going into next year? What's the reason behind that? Well, you know, there, there's a couple of different things. Number one, you know, when you come off of two years like 20 and 21 were, um, you know, I think a lot of businesses would, would wish for growth like that. And, and, you know, at some point it has to flatten off. There's there's nothing wrong with our number of growth this year. It's normal. Yeah, I think, I think when you see um, talk of recession, that does impact some people, not our clients so much. Uh, but I think as much as anything, it's just circumstances. I mean, we, we have internal discussions all the time. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Grow by 40% every year? <laughs> Everybody would like that. And uh, but as long you know, we're, we're we feel really good about what happened in 2022. Um, we are optimistic about 2023 as well. Uh, we think that if we do the right things and uh, get ourselves in front of the right clients, um, you know, we are we generally perform well in all economies. So. Mm, okay. Now, Robbie, you mentioned a couple of things that your business sells. What's selling quickly this holiday season? Well, you know, food is the one thing that everybody's got to have. So um, our smoked meats have been, you know, just more popular than ever because it is an essential, a necessity. Um, and we have some of the greatest smoked meats, you know, we feel like in the country. And we ship to all 50 states, uh, by the way. But, you know, a lot of our, our smaller gift items are selling well. We, we have just, like I say, everything from A to Z. It's a general store. And then we also have a restaurant here, too. And, um, Don, we really pride ourselves in the level of service that we give our customers when they come in. Um, we want every customer that walks in our front doors to have a great experience. And, you know, we, we have a culture out here of giving personal service, uh, being kind and courteous. Um, that's uh, part of our culture here and the way we train our people. And, um, you know, that differs from a lot of the places you go now in the malls or whatever. And I'm not down the malls, but we try to give that level of service here at Bear Creek that you can't find anywhere else. Brandon, I'm curious because, you know, I, I've seen some pretty sophisticated Christmas decorations. I just wonder, how far does your service go? <clears throat> um, well, you know, We'll, we, we can do any design. Uh, we, we have our relationships and we can get any product, but by and large, you know, we do, we'll probably top 65,000 installations this year. And most people want simple, tasteful stuff. Um, not a lot of Clark Griswold looking displays going on across the US. 
Um, you know, out of 60 something thousand installations, we probably do maybe a dozen of the animated displays. Uh, there's just not much of a call for that. Um, and so it's, uh, again, it's, it's based on the needs of the clients and they don't, they just want something ni nice and, and uh, conservative. And they want, we call it a white glove service experience. They want it hassle free. Uh, they want to feel like they're taken care of. And we, we work hard to build that into our culture. And um, and really make someone you know take really spoil the client um, and and to set ourselves apart. So, so Robbie, last question goes to you at uh, Bear Creek Smokehouse. What are you doing to celebrate this holiday season? Well, uh, we're going to take two days off. Finally, it's been uh, like rush hour around here for the last uh, quarter, and uh, all of our employees and our family are are really tired. We're going to just take a couple of days off and all celebrate the holidays together. Um, it's all about, you know, family and friends and food and um, all that good stuff. So we can't wait to have a couple of days off. It's, it's going to be really nice to spend with family and friends. Um, we've been working, kind of burning the midnight oil around here lately, burning the candle at both ends. Brandon, I know you know what I'm talking about, having a, um, a business that's, you know, fourth quarter. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, we can't wait to have a few days off. and. Um, we wish everybody out there a Merry Christmas and hope you enjoy your holidays with your friends and family. All right. On that note, thank you very much. Pleasure having you both on today. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. We'll take a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, ever wonder how much businesses spend to advertise in Times Square for New Year's? We take a look at the numbers. And a first-of-its-kind program in Chicago is preparing high school students to fly drones, getting their foot in the door of an emerging industry. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Tis the season, not just for giving, but also for advertising. NTD's John Marshall takes a look at advertising in Times Square this holiday season and New Year's. In the heart of New York City's Times Square, you'll find some of the world's most iconic digital screens. Times Square gets an estimated 50 million visitors each year. The holiday season and New Year's is probably the best and most expensive time to utilize ad space in Times Square. On average, the famous NASDAQ billboard gets a daily reach rate of almost 319,000, or over 13,000 views per hour. On the busiest days, like the current holiday season and New Year's, the number rises to more than 460,000 per day. One million plus is the estimated number of people expected to pack the streets of Times Square on New Year's Eve this year. How much does it cost to advertise in Times Square? The cost can range from $5,000 to $50,000 per day. The cost of advertising on the NASDAQ billboard can be approximately $250 to $300 per hour. Billboard advertiser Blindspot couldn't give me many revenue details, but they did say the main spectacular units in Times Square go for packages north of $500,000 for New Year's Eve. A 30-second television ad during prime time on a major network can cost up to $100,000. So when you consider the reach and impact that a Times Square billboard can have, the price is really not all that bad. Worries of COVID-19 in Times Square during the New Year's Eve ball drop have opened up parties in virtual reality. Two celebrations we held in the metaverse with two virtual experiences. 
Virtual New Year's Eve and MetaFest 2023. This opens up another space for advertising opportunities. Advertising companies I contacted couldn't tell me exactly what they make, but these numbers are at least a look into what's possible for them and the businesses looking to advertise. Sean Marshall, NTD News. And a Chicago high school is teaching students how to fly drones. This is one of the first ever programs of its kind in the country. Let's take a look at how the students are doing. Ajane Lurie flies and flips a drone skillfully with her phone. She's a senior and a member of Chicago's Corliss High School's commercial drone license program. It's the first of its kind in high schools in the country. The program teaches students about drone flying and the knowledge to obtain an FAA commercial drone license. Instructor Brandon Parks says teaching commercial drone flying is no small feat. Teaching the kids that who have never even driven a car for some of those students read a road map or had to read a road map, especially when you have Google Maps, you know, it was is very difficult. Reading a sectional chart or a road map for the sky is the key to flying a drone legally and safely. For the untrained eyes, geographical and man-made obstacles and flying boundaries on the chart are hard to understand. Vincent Smith enjoys flying a drone but says the study process was grueling. I'm not good with directions, so the sectional charts was terrible. To simplify learning, Mr. Park created a runway in the classroom and had the students act like a drone to understand flying a drone in wind conditions and obstacles. Once we did that, things start falling into place. The program has produced five students with commercial licenses in fewer than two years since its inception. That's one out of three students who participated in the program. Ajane Lurie already has plans for her commercial drone license. I want to use my drone license just to make more money commercially while in college. Jonathan Turner wants to major in computer engineering, artificial intelligence, and drones. He sees the benefit of combining the technologies. I want to use those majors and the drones to further develop technology. It took Ivory Nola Scott two attempts to pass the license test, but the first failure taught him an invaluable lesson. When I failed the test by one question, I was devastated. I came outside to my fellow colleagues and I devastated them. Their confidence plummeted because I was the first one to go and I had failed by that close. I had to regather myself, find the will within myself and go at it again. You had to find a way around the obstacle because there's prosperity on the other side. According to Precedence Research, the global commercial drone market will grow from $24 billion in 2022 to $504 billion by 2030. Corliss's drone program is at the forefront of building a talent pipeline for the huge market. We know that the tech industry is growing. There are jobs out there that we don't even know about yet. We're positioning our, our students right where they would be able to really be part of the shaping the industry to come. The program also teaches maintenance and repair of drones so that the students are well-rounded. The program is expected to more than double in the coming year. Reporting by Angela Moy, Chicago. And that's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter, too. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.